there, and welcome to the True To You podcast. If you listened to last week's episode, that was number 22, you'll know that I opened up a really interesting conversation around money. Growing up, money was one of those things that we kind of talked about, but a lot of the time it was around saving and security and not talking about other people's money situation. However, when I decided a few years ago to make a major career change, it prompted me to really shake up how I felt about money, my behavior, and also educating myself so that I could feel really powerful about my next few years of career choices. Well, career choices for the rest of my life, actually. I wanted to create a relationship with money where we felt like teammates rather than money be the dominant, overbearing one. As I know there's a few soon-to-be business owners in my audience, I wanted to be able to support you to make that transition with a little more ease. Even my seasoned business owners, uh, contractors and freelancers will walk away with a few cool tips from today's interview. Today's guest is Amber Snowden and she is the owner of Zest Bookkeeping Solutions here in Newcastle and believe it or not she used to be a hairdresser. So what actually prompted her to go from the creativity of hairdressing into the numbers? Well for Amber the seed was planted when her and her husband bought their first home. She treated their finances like a business and was a major budgeter which is awesome I love that and then one day after a family member saw this work that she'd been doing with her personal life he invited her to help him with his own business and after a while this was also while juggling a newborn mind you she decided to undertake her studies in bookkeeping And after that, well, everything started to gain traction and nowadays this is her full-time gig. Amber's mission is to help business owners achieve profit, have money in their personal accounts and feel rewarded for their hard work. She wants them to love their businesses and be reminded every day why they chose to be their own boss. When I heard that, I thought, well, I want this woman on my team and what better way than to have her share all of her insights, tips and tricks with you all today and and be able to help you feel more empowered about money because I think one of the quickest ways we can do that is to educate ourselves and know our numbers. So let's welcome to the show, Amber Snowden. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Morning, Amber. It is so good to have you on the podcast this morning. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Amazing. And first question, this is a bit of a new one that I'm throwing in for my guests, but as we are in the conversation of 
meaningful work and living a purposeful life. I would love to know what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? Well, usually it's one of my kids or my husband or the dog. <laughs> and then um, basically it's work. So I absolutely love what I do. And every day, it doesn't matter whether it's Sunday or Monday or Friday, I love work, my work. So um, I don't struggle to start off the day as long as I've got a coffee as well. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm sure uh, most of the mamas listening will probably echo the same thing as well, that yeah. <laughs> uh, it won't even be an alarm clock. It will be a small child or a dog or... <laughs> yes, that's right. Cool. <laughs> righty. So when we got together and connected about doing this podcast, you shared a little bit of your story, but for those who uh, aren't clients of yours or haven't known you personally, I would love for you to share a little bit about your career journey. And I know that you used to be in quite a different field from what you are doing now as a bookkeeper. So could you share a little bit about that journey and what that looks like for you? What, how did you get to do what you're doing today? Uh, yeah, so I um, left school and became a hairdresser and I um, loved hairdressing and everything that came with it. Um, but as I sort of got a little bit older, I felt myself loving the business side of hairdressing, the way businesses ran. Um, I loved the you know, how different business owners that I'd worked for had managed their businesses. Um, and it was after we had our second um, baby that I decided that I might further my studies into um, something business-wise and I, yeah, delved into bookkeeping. Um, so that was about five years ago. I started the um, Cert for in bookkeeping just by correspondence while I had a newborn. And from there I had a family, um, a family member's books that I looked after. And then a few months later, it was a friend of his. And then before I knew it, I had this little side business happening. Yeah. yeah. And is this your full-time gig now? Yeah. So over the last um, probably about two years ago, I finally just, it, yeah, the side business really grew. And I um, decided that this is the avenue I wanted to go down. And it was time to um, break away from hairdressing and always sort of having my foot in the door with hair um, which was sort of a pretty big thing because I sort of never thought I would not do that but I just yeah I just it was time to um, really take this on and and go for it. Amazing amazing was there anything from hairdressing I, I know that a lot of the women listening who are contemplating a career change um, and something maybe quite is different as what you've done. Uh, and it's quite interesting because I would say that a lot of my clients actually, they go from something financial often or law or something a, a little bit more kind of straight down the line and then yeah. these uh, typical professional careers and then they <laughs> move into something more creative. But you've actually done the complete opposite, which is really interesting. 
But I would love to know, in that process of switching, was there some skills that you had really honed in your craft as a hairdresser that you could then take into your work as a bookkeeper? I know most hairdressers are super social and very uh, good at conversation. Was there anything like that that you were able to bring in very naturally into getting clients and um, working with people? And their numbers. Yeah, I think so. Um, definitely dealing with people day in, day out. Um, and a lot of my clients, you know, half were mums and half were women that started their own businesses. And um, yeah, I just think, yeah, being able to speak to people and just wanting to be able to help. And I just sort of ended up getting to a point where um, just doing hair, I felt like, yeah, wasn't enough and as much as yeah hair is very creative um, I sort of probably for me bookkeeping and helping clients is my creative passion and my outlet now whereas yeah like a lot of other people would see it completely different Um, but for me um, yeah I got to the point where hairdressing was a bit stale and I um, had to do something else and yeah had to thrive and um yeah, bookkeeping and helping business owners and actually being involved in people's businesses and budgeting and whatnot. For me, that is like really exciting and creative and as much as some other people might call them. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Is there any types of businesses that you specifically work with now? You just mentioned that you met a lot of women that had their own businesses uh, have any of those women become clients of yours or, um, yeah, what sort of, what sort of businesses, I know you started out, um, more in the construction field, but what type of people do you love to work with? Is there anyone that comes to mind? Yeah. So I definitely, the majority or probably, uh, 70% of my clients are, um, in the building and construction industry, which also includes, um, my husband and his building business. Um, and, but since I have sort of opened my books to, um, other, um, professions as well. So I do have, um, some hairdressing clients. Um, I have a, um, a gym that we, I look after as well. Um, yeah, a few completely different businesses. Um, but the type of client that I love working with is just the people, the startup, um, people, small business owners. Um, it can just yeah straight away be really overwhelming um, starting a business and I just love to help guide people from the beginning so then they can have less stress um, as they grow as the business grows because sometimes it can grow a lot quicker than what people expect yeah yeah absolutely Uh, so something interesting that came up in our conversation and also when I jumped on your website before we met there's a little bit of uh, your story around your time spent recently in Bali and supporting your family to be able to spend some time in Bali in the last year. That's correct. Yeah. 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 And I guess this uh, idea of being a digital nomad is quite uh, popular now and perhaps I imagine having a small family and deciding to do that is is a is a challenge in itself. But would but you be able to talk us through that process of making that happen and how 
you decided to do that, what it took financially to do it, uh, how you set yourselves up and, and especially as a family and how long you went away for, what did that look like? Yeah, so we um, love Bali and we have probably been as a family to Bali, I think about six times in the past three years. Um, the first time we went, we went too short. The second time we went, we fell in love with Bali. And on that particular trip was when um, I seen so many people working on computers and just with their family, kids in the pool, um, you know, sipping on cocktails or beers and but yeah, running this business online. And I remember saying to my husband back then, like, we need to get an online business. We need to do something. We need, you know, this would be great if we could do this. And at the time he was um, becoming a builder and I was still doing hairdressing and sort of just had, you know, my two or three clients bookkeeping on the side. And it wasn't until late last year, I realized like, I, I do have this business that I can run online um, right in front of me. And it was, you know, two years ago, I wanted to go away for six months or to a year. And I just all of a sudden felt like if we didn't do it, we would look back and regret not having a go. Um, so basically come about one text message to my husband saying, let's go to Bali in four months and not come back and, and just see how we go. And he wrote back, okay. <laughs> and then we, that night we got some coffee and a pen and paper and we just, just budgeted everything out, how much it would cost to um, rent our house out here, how much we would need in savings to go. Um, as much as I do love, budgeting and planning, I do believe that you'd have to wing a little bit of things. So we um, basically, yeah, decided and we, you know, crunched the numbers and realised it wasn't as far-fetched as what we thought it might be. And it was sort of like, yeah, we have to do this. Like there was no way we were turning back after working it all out. Um, so yeah, four months later, we were on a plane to Bali and we only got back about eight weeks ago. And yeah, we we're there for about five months. Um, so work-wise, I, my business had just started going down a bit of a digital avenue anyway, um, with my clients, um, using online accounting softwares, signing VAS statements and different things digitally. And I soon realized that I've got these clients and I don't see them every week or every month or even every three months. So me going away for six months really shouldn't affect anything. And they were really on board and really supportive as well. Um, and then, yeah, we just got there and sort of settled in a little bit and the kids um, did a bit of schoolwork from home and I worked probably two to three days a week, um, just depending where we were, we moved around and yeah, ran the whole business um, from the laptop from Bali. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. And I love that you had that dream and then suddenly one day it just, occurred to you that you could make yeah. this happen everything was starting to align with your business and yeah. and you realized that and then in that one text to your husband that evening you started taking action and I think that really just proves to people that if you have a dream and the time is feeling almost right it doesn't have to be 100% perfect either does yeah. it no not at all no. but with um, some teamwork, you can you can really make it happen. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. 
I would love to just switch a little bit in terms of running this business and running a family. And previously you did this as a side business and worked in hairdressing. Mm. I know that uh, when I'm working with women and we're starting to evolve their ideas for a side hustle or a side business, and they might be running a family and working as well, just as you were, would you be able to tell us some ways in which you're able to balance this or whether that was a really busy time and you didn't have a lot of balance, but how did you really start to make this uh, goal of creating this side business happen? How did you get it off the ground? Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely balance. I am like a workaholic, so balance for me is not something that I do very well. Um, but in saying that, <clears throat> I love what I do. And I've now created a life where I can pick my kids up from school. I drop them off before school. And it sort of feels like all that hard work of, um, you know, working two jobs and having the business on the side, it has paid off now that I am home more and I am a lot more flexible. And even though I did work a lot when my kids were quite young, like between zero and five, um, I'm now like really proud to be able to yeah, be that mum that I can work as much as I want. Like I start sometimes work at 10 o'clock at night when everyone's asleep and smash out great hours um, of work there. And then other times I can have the day off to go to my daughter's, you know, kindy orientation and not have to ask anyone for time off or anything like that. So as much as the balance, um, probably workload did take over a lot um, from there, it's definitely led to a much flexible lifestyle now. Um, but I definitely would not be able to do that without um, my husband. So we are very, um, very similar. We both work a lot and we're both hard workers and love it. But we also work as a team. So he supports me 110% and he um yeah pushes me along the way when I feel like I can't do things or vice versa he's worked so hard for our family over the past 10 years to you know buy house move house and work on weekends and all the rest of it that um yeah we just sort of work together and push ourselves along and we know that we're doing this you know to show our kids what you can do when you work hard and um just to provide a lifestyle that yeah if we do want to go to Bali once or twice a year we can because we work hard and um, sometimes a balance yeah, is off where we are working a lot and then other times we take three weeks off and we chill. So, um, yeah, I think it's just all about working definitely with your partner as a team um, and having that support and definitely help from family has been able to enable me to do what I do now for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds as well like you're both really great at sharing your dreams with each other and... Yeah getting on board with those and sometimes that's even the first step isn't it for people definitely yeah yeah I think it's um yeah and not only the first step but probably the most important step as well because um if you don't have that support at home when you are working the late hours or you know money can be tight when you're trying to get something off um you know to start a business and you don't have that support from your um partner then I think yeah it would be that would be hard for sure yeah 
Okay, let's talk about the nitty gritty of bookkeeping and uh, some conversation around money and numbers because um, that's the reason why I've got you on this week and why I've got M coming up as well because I really want to help empower women to feel more confident in their numbers. And if they're thinking of starting a business, you know, what's some of the real practical basics and one question I had for you first up is what does a bookkeeper do and when should we consider hiring one for our small business? Yeah, so I think um, lots of changes have actually come in place over the past good few years um, in the roles of a bookkeeper and um, your certification of what you, you know, you really have to be certified to be able to do a lot within a business as a bookkeeper. Um, but basically a bookkeeper prepares the accounts for a small business and just tracks the money that comes in and out and um, balances everything. So then at the end of financial year, all going well, you basically can just walk into your accountant's office. You've got all your financials already all prepared and you can um, lodge a tax return basically. Um, but along with that also would be payroll, um, different, you know, lodgements with the ATO and a financial year prep um, budgeting and um, all the rest of it that happens within a business, um, a bookkeeper, bookkeeper can definitely um, look after for you. Yes. Yeah. So someone that is looking to bring on employees or perhaps even subcontractors, I know that you deal with that a lot with in the construction industry. Uh, a lot of businesses, especially if they're going digital now, uh, mm -hmm. I know with my coaching business, oftentimes people will uh, contract people for a short amount of time. So you're really great at being able to help people manage their budgets, even if it's not a continuous employee, but perhaps on a contractual basis as well. So that's really interesting. Uh, and also, I think it was something that you touched on there that perhaps people might not realize is that you're much more in the day to day of someone's business more than probably what an accountant is. Is that, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so what's really great is that people aren't getting to that quarterly point or perhaps even to that end of year, which I know a lot of businesses do and they go, holy crap, it's tax time and they're scrambling. But what's beautiful about the connection that you can have with these businesses is that you're there working alongside them throughout the whole year. And that whole process of, of tax time doesn't have to be stressful, especially if you've got someone like you. Yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, my ideal, um, you know, plan for a client is, yeah, I work with them on a month to month or a quarterly basis. And it's just so they can feel at ease. And when we do get to end of financial year, it should be exciting to go to an accountant. I know so many people fear an accountant, but like I get excited because you want to go in, you want to show them that, you know, you just had another year in business, which for one is great. And for two, if you lodge your tax return and you um, owe tax, like it should be looked at as a positive mm. um, thing. If you're paying tax, you are making money. That means you've got a profitable business and that's something to be so proud of. And I just find a lot of my clients 
um, when they first come on board, the you know stressing because they owe tax. But we can um, create a plan where from the beginning of the financial year, we can you know manage this and put money away. So um, at tax time, we lodge our tax return, we owe X amount, and that amount is sitting in an account ready to be paid. And then straight away, you don't have to stress, everything's looked after, you can be proud of yourself um, for you know making a profit. And then moving forward, you get stuck into the next financial year and grow. You can see where, yeah, you can grow your business. That's so good and such a supportive way to look at numbers and this whole process that a lot of people would uh, rather not worry about or, yeah, have a lot of fear around. And I guess that leads into my next question, which is why do you think small businesses have fear around numbers or afraid of the reality, uh, which like you say, can sometimes be really positive. How do you, yeah. What do you help your clients to do to feel more excited about it? Um, So basically I think just bring um, everything for one to their attention. It can be quite, um, overwhelming and and it can be scary when you actually do sit down and nut everything out and um, how much you do earn or aren't earning or how much everything you know your expenses come to but the first step definitely is just being aware of um, your numbers and then just coming up with a plan or a budget and um, yeah coming up with a plan on how to grow how to move forward how to put money away and Um, More importantly is coming up with a budget as well where you are taking a wage um, from the business as well. I don't know how or where it all started, but when people just assume you go into business and you don't make money, um, you want to go into business and make money. Like that's just the, that's it. So let's budget to, you know, take a wage each week, make sure all your bills are paid and then whatever's left over is a little bit of profit that you can either, you know, reinvest back into the business to help it grow or, um, you know, take that as a little bonus at the end of the year. Um, I just think, yeah, definitely being aware of your numbers and every month, if not quarterly, checking in and readjusting things, like things change, a car breaks down, you might need a new piece of equipment or anything but just um, trying to factor in these changes and not yet push them away and get scared and think I'll deal with it at tax time or I'll deal with it next year because it does no matter what catches up with you and um, and yeah it's just easier if you just tackle it head on. (laughs) Yeah great great advice I you know I think um, you're exactly right if you if you know what you're dealing with that's what I always say to women especially if they're thinking about starting a business or if they're thinking about switching careers and they have a real fear around their financial security, one of the best things you can do is just acknowledge what your situation is right now. And then you can plan from that place as well. Yeah. Um, And if you haven't been looking at your numbers, then it's probably a good time to start. (laughs) Any time is a good time to start. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's awesome advice. I love that. Thank you for that. So if we do have some women and men listening here that are thinking about starting their side hustle, what would be three things that you would recommend in terms of finances, budgeting, planning that they could do to 
I guess, ease that uh, initial burden of, of outlaying money to start a business or perhaps thinking about going that next step with their business? Yeah, what's, what's three tools that, or three practical things that we can think about in that process? <clears throat> so um, definitely one of the one things would be is basically know your bottom line. So I believe like if you just jump into business and you don't know how much it's going to cost to, you know, run the business or how much, you know, um, you need to take um, as a wage to be able to still support your family or household as well, then you're not going to know anything. So um, first of all, it would be getting a budget in place on, um, yeah, how much you think it's going to cost to run your business. Um, and the next one would be, straight up separating business and personal finances. Um, so even if it is a side business, I feel like you should have a separate account put aside for your business um, expenses and income. Um, it's just near impossible to track exactly what you're earning. Um, I've actually had a few clients that have come on board and they their business is a side business. And they don't actually realise that their side business is actually enough to almost, yeah, transition into a full-time business. Mm -hmm. And that's because money is just getting thrown into the personal account. Um, you're paying things out of your personal account and it's just so hard to track. And they actually get a bit of a shock to realise how much they've actually earned. Um, so definitely separating, um, yeah, personal and business um, finances. And then the third tip I would have for anyone starting a business is straight away invest in going digital. Um, I just feel like if you do this from the beginning, it makes it so much easier moving forward when the business does start to grow and you are getting busy um, dealing with clients. So, whether, um, you know, an accounting software online, um, there's now lots of apps that you can take a picture of your receipt and it actually, um, you know, joins up with this accounting software. So there's all these great tools in place that we can have everything, you know, saved online. And it just does make that process easier um, for a bookkeeper to manage everything or for at the end of financial year, if you're needing to go find receipts, et cetera. So um, definitely, um, yeah, just if you don't jump on board digital, I really honestly believe you'll fall behind and you're just only going to have to eventually do it anyway. So definitely um, going digital as well. Yes, yes, exactly. And I love that tip around having the separate account too, because I think what that allows people to do is even when their business is still something that's uh, supplementary to their uh, main income, you can actually celebrate what's coming in and out of that. And this is a bit of the spiritual side of me coming in, but yeah. when you can acknowledge that inflow and outflow of money and actually see it happening, mm -hmm. it's so much more positive for you in terms of growing this uh, project or the side business. I think when it's lumped in with your main account or you've got one account where everything goes in and out of in your life it, you you don't know what's positive what's negative yeah so i think yeah. that's a that's a really great idea so cool okay down to the final question for you today amber what's some favorite books or resources that perhaps you love personally 
you know, they might not be specific to your clients that have helped you, uh, I guess, help people to feel more empowered around money, perhaps help you to be able to grow your business as fast as you have. Yeah, share with us like what you love, what you, where you've learned. Um, I don't. I, I do. I have read a, quite a few books. There's not one book that I've read that I don't like. So um, obviously, I have read The Barefoot Investor. Um, I think that's sort of a great book for someone that's really fresh starting out, even anyone that doesn't even have a business and just for um, running a household. I actually um, treat. And believe a household is like running a business so you've got to pay your rent you know money comes in you've got to pay rent bills so i believe that's a great book for just real basics um i my absolute all-time favorite book is called profit first um it's just a book that i believe every every business owner should read and even i i've read it more than twice now i think maybe three times and there's just so many moments where you're like oh oh that's what I do oh and yeah I just think it and it's a very easy read as well and that can really help get you into the mindset of tracking your money that comes in paying yourself a wage and then um making sure you got money put away for expenses tax bus um really separating out your bank accounts um to really yeah just pretty much manage cash flow um, and my other all-time favourites are um, all of Lisa Messenger's books. She, for me, um, was her books when I mostly read them in Bali were the books that gave me the kick to go, you can do this. Like, like what's the worst that's going to happen if something, you know, if it fails, you just get up and you start again. So I absolutely love um, her books. And I'm currently reading, which might come as a shock um, rich dad poor dad i'm halfway through I haven't um it's just been one of those books that have been on my list and haven't got to yet but i am halfway or maybe yet nearly halfway through reading that book and that is one that i think i'll read and then read again to really have it all sink in but um yeah they're my favorites basically amazing amazing yeah, I, I'm excited to read Profit First as well. And I think um, I often read a lot of those books well before I've got to the point where something is, you know, like you read things thinking, oh, this will come in handy in the future. But it sounds yeah. like it's also one of those books that you can apply the knowledge whether you've got, you know, a $50,000 a year business, whether you've got a million dollar a year business. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's um, actually like one of the funny things is that it doesn't matter if you are bringing, you know, $5 million into a business or you're bringing in 50000 the processes are all the same and um, you can, you know, fall in as much trouble as someone earning lots of money or, you know, as much as someone earning less money. So um, it doesn't matter what you earn, but yeah, definitely getting into some type of habit on managing cash flow and a bit of structure of putting money away i think yeah it doesn't matter how big your business is it can come in handy for for anybody amazing well it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today amber and i certainly have learnt a lot so thank you uh and i hope that anyone that's listening that is thinking oh, i'd love to start something on the side or i'd love to transition into a new career 
Amber's words of wisdom, I'm sure if you applied anything that she says today, will help you get there a lot quicker than you think you can. And really, it's just uh, about being practical about your numbers. And when you're practical and when you uh, don't avoid (laughs) your numbers, it's going to make everything a lot easier and a lot more fun as well. And I'm sure that uh, working with someone like Amber, having met her in person is a lot of fun as well. So it doesn't have to be boring suits and awful offices and all of those things that we dread when we think about um, places like accountants offices. It can actually be a great experience and someone that you really enjoy working with. So thank you. You're welcome.